I got a bunch of stuff. Worry is the misuse of your imagination is the nugget today. Worry is the misuse of your imagination. Now think about this. I think I gave this last week, didn't I? I don't come up with these like Pastor does. Sometimes I'll give him one, but think about worry and how you might, some people stay up worrying all night long and in the morning, what they were worrying about is gone. Didn't even matter. So worry is the misuse of your imagination. Of course, your soul is your mind, will, intellect, your soulish realm. And so out of our mind, we imagine things or we think of things and we need to keep before us the positive things. That's why the word says in Philippians that we're to think on these things, whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, think on these things. So our, our mind is our... Our, imagine, our imagine, imagination goes where we allow it to. You know, you can imagine yourself in high places or in low places, and it's up to us. It's up to each of us individually. Now, when I was a little girl, I used to get sent to my room a lot, and it was nice when we lived on the ocean because I would look out at the ocean. It didn't bother me because I can look at the ocean all day long. But, and I would begin to imagine things, and I can remember taking all my stuffed animals, all my dolls, and, and setting them out there, and then teaching them. It's amazing, because I wasn't planning on being any kind of teacher or preacher or whatever, I guarantee you, at that time of life. So, let's try to use this. We don't allow worry to get in there. Because what's there to worry about? If you're born again, you know where you're going. If you were to which you won't, I render this helpless, die tonight or Jesus were to come, that would be great. Then there's, there's nothing more to think about because you're walking on streets of gold. Amen. And think about this week the things that you allowed. Don't think about them right now, but later on, the things that you allowed to steal or that you imagined that could happen in situations that stole Precious time from you. Precious, precious time of God from you. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I yield myself to you, spirit, soul, and body. I thank you, Father God, for your word. I thank you, Father God, for your anointing. I thank you, Father God, that you are King of kings and Lord of lords. And I yield myself to you, spirit, soul, and body. And I thank you, Father God, for this word, this seed that will fall upon good ground, good soil. I pray for John and Whitney as they go to be with his mom. I thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that she passes on to heaven quickly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, Psalms 103, 2 and 3. I'm teaching on the words of our mouths. Before you turn there, let's go to um, 3 John 2 a minute. Laurel asked us all. I thank you for that. <clears throat> we are changing some things for the summer. 
Prayer will start at um, nine fifteen, but I'm asking the Ministry of Helps to be here at nine. So prayer is going to start from nine fifteen, and it'll go on till we start the service. Okay, so you'll get a little bit more sleep, but please be here. We need to pray for our nation desperately. I mean, I, I'm, I, could, I can go into politics, but I don't need to, but there are two people I certainly do not want to be in there. And we need to pray desperately. This is our nation. It belongs to us. This is our land, and we need to take it back. And the best way I can think of of taking it back is number one, vote, and number two, pray. And speak forth what you desire. So, I thank you, Father God, that your word is truth and we will walk out of here <laughs> with the knowledge we need to go forth this week and do all things that you've called us to do and to pray correctly in every circumstance and every situation. You know, as I was sitting here and, and um, Pastor went back and prayed for John and and told them to, to leave. They needed to leave now. They were going to wait a while. And um, I thought that when I thought about John and Whitney, the, the word immediately came to me, faithful. Faithful. I praise God for all of you that are faithful. Thank God for faithful believers in this church. So in Third John 2, it says, Beloved, I wish above, or I pray that you may prosper in every way and that your body may keep well, even as I know your soul keeps well and prospers. Beloved, I wish above all things that you mayest prosper and be in health as thy soul prospers. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of truth that is in thee, even as thou walk in the truth, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. No greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Hallelujah. It says in the Amplified in the verse 3, In fact, I greatly rejoice when some of the brethren from time to time arrive and spoke so highly of the sincerity and fidelity of your life as indeed you do live in the truth, the whole gospel presents, I have no greater joy than this to hear that my spiritual children are living their lives in the truth. Living their lives in the truth. You know, nowadays, <clears throat> I hate to say this, but a lot of people have slipped back from where they used to be. And are not living in that truth that they used to live in. And not, not walking in the quality of the Christian life that they at one time walked in. And the Bible talks about, I'm in, sec, in Thessalonians right now in my personal reading. It talks about the falling away and we're seeing that in this hour. We have, be, we have got to be hot for Jesus. It says, be hot or cold. 
But if you're lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. And my prayer constantly before God is, Lord, forgive me and keep me right before you and on fire. I remember when we were at Rodney's, he actually said, he said, pray for me. Pray for me that I will continue to fight this fight of faith. You know, we have no idea what ministers are going through in this hour, the temptations that they're going through in this hour. And we, I praise God that it's a privilege and it's an honor. And I understand where he was coming from. When you go all over and you see different people and, and you go to different countries and people, even in this country, are against what you're saying, it's sad. And we are privileged to be chosen of God, to know the word of God. So Psalms 103. Thank God that someone, my friend that was instrumental when I was so horrid uh, in leading me to the Lord or getting me to their church, uh, is now in Arkansas and we've caught up with our relationship after 30 years and it's been exciting to see where she is and thank God when I was such an ungodly person she loved me and could stand me and her mother would come over when we'd be sitting there having coffee and start preaching to me and I'd go home and tell pastor that woman is nuts and he would start laughing. I know he was probably in there praying. Get her. So I'm going to start with verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquity, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfy thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed as the eagles. Hallelujah. He says, who redeem thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies thy mouth with good things. So our mouth is to speak forth good things. Our mouth is satisfied. Our spirit, soul, and body are satisfied when we speak forth good things. Amen? So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. As you speak forth the word of God, your youth is renewed as the eagles. So we have a choice. You can get lots of wrinkles and really look old as you get older or and feel old and just whatever. Or you can have your youth renewed as the eagles. I'll take that. Thank you. And I have written in my Bible about verse 5, my mouth can only be satisfied with the word. It says in the King James, who satisfies your mouth, 
your necessity and desire at your personal age and situation with good so that your youth renewed is like the eagles strong overcoming and soaring the eagle strong overcoming and soaring that's something that we all desire in our life to be strong overcoming and soaring hallelujah so You are justified when you say, as God's word says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, who healeth all thy diseases. But you are condemned if you say, I just can't receive healing for some of my diseases, or I just can't take any more. Do you know what happens when, you, when the enemy hears that? He goes wild. He's like, great, I've got them in a position where their confession is not upright, it is not right, and I can I have the 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 privilege to now mess them up in ways that I've been waiting to hear out of their own mouths. Because as far as as God's concerned, as long as we speak the word of God, we will have our youth renewed as the eagles will rise up in mighty places, but when we start speaking trash, we start living in, in areas of our lives that we've never desired to live in, and this is where our mouth is so important. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and by our words we'll eat of whichever one we speak. And it's, it's, it's nobody's choice but our own. And that's one thing as a believer we need to realize. We have choices, and God will not force anybody to do anything that they don't want to do. You know, he he's spoke to me a few weeks ago, and, and he said, I cannot force someone to do my will if they do not want to, and, and it's not on you. Your, your job is to be there. Preach the word of God. You and pastor, preach the word of God. Be there and do everything I ask you to do. The decision is the people's. And so we need to re realize that. Kenneth Copeland had a book that I didn't like the book. I wanted to throw it. Actually, it was a tape. It was called The Decision is Yours, and it is the truth. You are justified when you say, as God's word says, in Jeremiah 30, 17. Let's look there. What was that one that you gave this morning, Holly and Jeremiah 29? Jeremiah has some good stuff in it. I think, aren't you in the Old Testament right now? Well, you're in both, but aren't you reading through the Bible this year? Is this your Bible reading here? <laughs> he reads through it every other year. I would like to say that I do, but I don't. I pretty much stay in the New, T in the New Testament. That's where God's told me to stay, so. Jeremiah.
see Jeremiah 30. Way out here. Seventeen. For I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord, because they called thee an outcast, saying, This is Zion, whom no man seeketh after. I will restore health to you, and I will heal your wounds, says the Lord, because they have called you an outcast. <laughs> How many know that people think we're outcasts? More and more people are turning against Christianity. A lot of people are coming into Christianity, but there are more and more out in the world that do not like us. How many know that? Someday I'd like to read some, but I, I will not do that in this sanctuary. Read the Koran, some, some verses out of that, and I think you would be blown away. They hate us. They want to kill us. They don't want any part of us. You are justified when you say, as God's word says, for I will restore health unto thee. But you are condemned if you keep on, keep saying, keep on praying for me and I'll get my health back, that I get my health back. Well, who took it away? Jesus comes to give life and life abundantly. Satan, kill, steal, and destroy. That's in every area. Life and life abundantly, kill, steal, and, and, and destroy. So anything that's killing, stealing, and destroying from you is from the enemy. What the enemy wants more than anything is to take a believer, get a believer back, and take him to hell. It's truth. That's what he wants more than anything in this hour. He's getting away with it with many people. You are justified when you say as God's word says in Isaiah 58.8. Let's turn there. Thank God we are redeemed and we know the word of God. You know, the church I was born again in, I was saved and I spoke in tongues. The rest of this, I was never told. But be honest with you, I cannot blame that on anyone else. You know, faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. I cannot blame that on anyone else but myself. I had a Bible. I read the Bible. Of course, the Bible I had was the living Bible. And that Bible, I can remember people saying, don't read that Bible. And I found out later why, because it comes against healing and the things that we believe in. It was unbelievable. I remember a pastor saying, you need to take that and throw it in the trash. And it really did. When, they, when I finally started finding out the truth, that Bible was put away immediately. Isaiah 58.8. As pastor, the other day I asked him, um, do you ever read the King, the New, the Living stop amplified and he said no i stick to the king james he doesn't even like the new living testament okay 58 8 
Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. That's powerful. The glory of the Lord. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. Then shall that your light break forth like the morning, and your healing, your restoration, this is the, the Amplified, and the power of a new righteousness, rightness, your justice and your right relationship with God shall go before you, conducting you to peace and prosperity, and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. That's powerful. Then shall your light break forth like the morning, and your healing, your restoration, and the power of a new life shall spring forth speedily, your righteousness, your rightness, your justice, and your right relationship with God shall go before you, conducting you to peace and prosperity, and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Think about this. Your restoration and the power of a new life shall spring forth speedily. Your righteousness, your rightness, your justice, and your right relationship with God shall go before you, conducting you to peace and prosperity, and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. We need to confess this scripture every day. Lord, keep me in the right path. Keep me in the right path. You know, there are people that are sent from the enemy out there to try to pull you out of, away from the right path. Trust me, they might be in a real pretty package and a real pretty bundle and whatever, but they have been sent by the enemy to pull you out of what you know and what you believe in, to pull you out of the body of Christ. And the enemy sends them. I'm serious. Trust me. I've seen many people backslide. I've talked to many people recently, and, and I'm thinking of one right now. I know it's my own fault. And I'm like, do you want me to come slap you? What would you like? I know it's my own fault. I've fallen off. I've fallen away. The old me would have said, do you want to go to hell? But the, I'm just praying. I was very honest, and I'm just praying. You have a choice to sit there and say, I know it, and it's my own fault. You are headed on a quick trip down a very slippery road to hell if you are a believer. So I don't want to hear that. Well, I, I would rather sit here and tell you the truth. And if you know people in this state, you need to tell them. You need help immediately. But you are 
condemned if you say, I just can't enjoy the blessings of God or the blessing. I just can't. It isn't enough. If God isn't enough, then there's something wrong. He's everything. We can condemn ourselves by our own words. The results of this are not pleasant. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in the thing which he alloweth. Romans 14, 22. Let's look at this. Which he alloweth. I know people think, well, you pastors haven't made because they get to just sit home and study. <laughs> Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in the thing which he alloweth. And he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Well, that just tells it right there. If it's not of faith, it's sin. Who said this? Anybody? The book of Romans, who wrote it? Pardon? Paul. This is a heavy scripture. This is a very heavy scripture. You can ne we can never get to heaven and say we didn't know this. <laughs> Your personal convictions on such matters exercise them as in God's presence, keeping them to yourself, striving only to do the truth and obey his will. Blessed, happy, to be envied is he who has no reason to judge himself for what he approves, who does not convict himself by what he chooses to do. But the man who has doubts, misgiving, and uneasy conscience about eating and then eats, perhaps because of you, stands condemned before God because he is not true to his convictions and does not act from faith. For whatever does not originate and produce from faith is sin. Whatever is done without a conviction of its approval by God is sinful. That's heavy. I know we're talking about food and things here. But whatever... How many realize this? We need to really, if, you're, if you are not under condemnation, condemnation, then you can possess great confidence towards God. Beloved, if our hearts condemn us not, then, we have, then, we, then have we confidence towards God and whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. 1 John 3, 21 and 22. Let's look at this. There is nothing worse than con constantly feeling under condemnation because of something that you're doing and you know you shouldn't. I have been there. It's like this trap. You say, really, Pastor, you've been there? We've all been there. Beloved, if our heart condemns us not, then we have, have, 
If our heart condemns us not, then have we confidence towards God? And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. You know, I've had people ask me, is it wrong to do this? And I, I, my answer to them is, if you have to ask me that, then there must be something wrong here. Am I correct? I'm going to write, I'm going to tell you what I have written down here. We have built confidence in his word through confessing his word. We have the boldness to speak and act. And we, like Jesus, remember John 14, 12 through, let's turn to John 14 because it must be important because I wrote it in here. John 14, 12. Might be John 14. Do you ever write things in your Bible that are important? You know, pastor, when he does a, does a funeral, he asks for the person's Bible. And he spends probably a day, to be honest with you, going through their Bible, seeing what really meant something to them. And then he can really expound on what what was meaningful to them praise god john 14:12 okay verily verily i say unto you that he that believeth on me the works that i do he also and greater works than these shall he do because i Go to my Father. I've got this all written out. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Anything in his name that lines up with this word, he will do it. Anything. Have you ever had somebody come to you and say to you anything, and you and they have the money to do it. My godparents owned Arden Farms, and so they were very wealthy. We lost track of them when when um, we moved to Santa Cruz, but they were extremely wealthy. And they would ask me on my birthday or Christmas, "What do you want?" And I knew that they had the money to give me whatever I wanted. And I was, you know, I, I didn't take advantage. I would ask, you know, I'd ask for something small or whatever. But, I, but God is saying this, whatever you desire that I can give you, that I have told you in this word, I can give you, I desire to give it to you in Jesus' name. That's so powerful. But this is where worry is the misuse of your imagination. We have to start imagining get our imagination out there that's where why ephesians 3:20 is such a powerful powerful scripture let's turn there a second when you start and you think about this this is something if you get anything from laurel you're going to have this on your on your note now to him who by 
in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Far beyond anything we can dream of. You know, you need to spend, all of us need to spend about at least 15 minutes a day before God. Just settle down before God and begin to think and dream and ask and meditate about the things in his word that have have become so real to you. You have not, the Bible says, because you ask not. And every day we need to take just however much time you want to spend with God, dreaming with God, because his thoughts towards us are more than all the sand. I mean more than you could ask, think, dream. The reason why people don't have this is because they don't spend the time thinking about it and asking God for it. You know, to some people, he said, we are to become like children. If you hang around children for very long, they trust. You know, we have a new puppy, and we all told you about Levi, and he trusts well, he's really adapted himself to Benjamin and then my husband, of course, me, me, he likes to come and hang on and lay up here. But he trusts my husband so much. You should see him. You can just see these little eyes going around when he looks up at him. Like, you, you, Daddy, you can do anything. Well, that's how we need to become. You can do anything. You can get me anything, and you can do anything. These animals have more toys than... It's unbelievable, but, you know, when, when you have, and I'm talking about a dog here, but I'm talking about when God has children that hang out with him, you know, Enoch hung out with God and he was no more. I mean, they just conversed so much that one day he was no more, and that's how we are. We're going to be talking to God one day and we aren't going to be here anymore. Oh, what a glorious day that will be. Hallelujah. Amen. So it's, let's look at uh, Amos 3.3. 3. Good old Amos. It's funny because we named him Levi for a reason and a purpose. And sometimes we'll call him Eli. We named him Levi, and sometimes we'll call him Eli. Nope, we don't want an Eli in our midst. Good old Amos, he's back here. How many read Amos this year? Have you gotten to Amos yet, honey? Did you get the page number? Pardon? 1174. He's in here with these minor prophets, I believe. Am I correct? We had to leave them. We had to learn about the major and the minor at Ramah. 
Come on, Amos, where are you? He's going to ask you when you get there, did you read my book? Okay, how'd you like to have him come and ask you, what was my book about? Wow, he's way over here past Daniel. You can tell I'm going to be one of those when he says, did you read my book? And I'm going to have to say, not a lot. <laughs> yes, what's today on June? <laughs> my goodness, he's in here with Mike and all them. Obadiah. Okay, what they say? Amos 3.3. 3. Okay. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Do two walk together except they make an appointment and have an, have an agreement? You have to agree. If you're in a marriage and you can't agree, then you start, your marriage starts separating like this. Two have to walk together and agree. And it takes, you have to sit down and find out what do you believe? You single people, please sit down and find out what a person believes. To agree with God is to say the same thing God says in his word. He knows if you're in agreement with him by what you speak. We cannot truly walk with God unless we agree with him. To agree with God is the same thing God says in his word about salvation, healing, prayer, and living the abundant, overcoming life. First of all, we agree with God by saying we are who God says we are. By who God says we are. Do you know what God says about you and who you are? That's, you know, it, it sounds simple. But I'm his child. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. We, also, we say also that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Let's look at Romans 8, 37. We have to disagree with the devil. It's our job to disagree with the devil who would try to convince us that we are no good or a failure or a weakening, a weakling. So the only way to get past that is to agree with what God says and to speak forth what God says. It's one thing to think it, but when you say it, when it comes out of your mouth, you believe it and the enemy believes it. He'll keep trying, he'll keep knocking. He'll come back after a while to see if you really meant it. So Romans 8, 37, we should all know this by heart. Yet amid all these things, we are more than conquerors and gain a surpassing victory through him who loved us. And then he goes on to say, For I am persuaded beyond doubt, am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things impending and threatening, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else, and all creation will be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Nothing. Because I am hooked into him 
and he's in me. Nothing, nothing unless I choose to walk off. But his love shall continue no matter what. Praise God. We disagree with the devil who would try to convince us that we are no good, a failure, a weakening. Anything you did in the past is the past. And if you've asked forgiveness for it, don't allow him to bring that up. How can we walk with God in power, blessing, and usefulness? By agreeing with God that we have what he says we have. He wants us. He wants to hear us agreeing continually with him on who we are, who he says we are, and who he is. I love that song. He's a great, great God. That's who he is. That's who he is. Great, great father. I love that song. If you'll play that during communion, Heather, I would appreciate it. So by agreeing with God that we have what he says we have, his name, his nature, his power, his authority, his love. We agree that we have what God says in his word that we have. Praise God. Do you believe that? Amen. The more you speak it, the more you confess it, the more you meditate on it and think about it. You know, meditation is literally thinking about who you are in Christ. Who am I? What has he made me to be? What, did, what price did he pay for me? And why did he do it? I don't know about you, but I ask God these questions. You know, I was the only one in my family that was saved for a long time. Thank God they got saved on their deathbed. Let's look at Genesis 5.22, Enoch. I know I'm going slow on this, but I want us to get it and get it good. Amen? Say, well, I've heard this. Great. Are you acting on it? I totally agree with you, Dan, on that one. <laughs> Genesis 5.22. Enoch walked in habitual fellowship with God after the birth of Methuselah. 3,000 years and had other sons and daughters. Enoch walked in habitual fellowship with God. Wow. Habitual fellowship. Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and then it says in 24, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. He walked with God. How can we walk with God? In power, blessing, usefulness, by agreeing with God that we have what he says we have. Amen. Can you imagine the conversations that this man had with God? They were so powerful, God said one day, come on up with me. I like fellowshipping with you. I enjoy fellowship. I want to be with you. So Enoch, just as Enoch walked with God, so we can walk with God by agreeing that we have received 
The ability to do what he says we can do. The ability to do what he says we can do. Witness with power. Cast out demons. Minister his healing power. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13. I want us to turn there. It's one thing for me to, to say it, but and you hear it, but you need to see it for yourselves and say it for yourselves. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That means there is nothing you cannot do. Powerful. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through Christ, through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. He makes us sufficient. There is nothing impossible for any of us. Jesus said, greater things than me shall you do. We agree that we can do what God says in his word that we can do. Praise God. If we speak only what our senses dictate, we will not be agreeing with God. It is, those, it is through speaking the word only, only, that we agree with God. It is the confession of faith that is our victory. When you come upon a situation or a circumstance that looks impossible, you have to speak the word of God to it. You say, well, what if there's no one else there to agree with me? You have Jesus Christ there agreeing with you. You have the Holy Spirit agreeing with you. We constantly have another comforter with us agreeing with us. And all, it, all the Holy Spirit is waiting for, he is our helper, is for us to speak out the word of God in faith so he can help us move through whatever circumstance or situation is before us. But we can't slack off. We can't back down. You, you know, the enemy will come in. It says the enemy comes in and as a flood, God puts up a standard against him. He puts up, when we speak forth the word of God, the enemy trembles, the devils trembles, having spoiled principalities and powers. Jesus made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. If that's all you can tell the enemy at a time when you are being tested and tried, having spoiled principalities and power, Jesus made a show of you openly triumphing over it. I overcome you, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. Those things will send him running because he cannot stand the blood. We're about ready to take communion this morning. The enemy cannot stand the blood of Jesus because he knows he was defeated. He was defeated on Calvary. 
defeated means he has no power unless we give it to him. Thank God. It is through speaking the word only that we agree with God. It is the confession of faith that is our victory. The confession of faith is our victory. Think of that. Just close your eyes and think of it. The confession of faith is my victory. To walk with God, we must disagree with the devil as Jesus did by boldly declaring, for it is written, he resisted the devil on every area, spirit, soul, and body, and the devil finally gave up. Jesus said, it is written, it is written, it is written. You can walk with God daily by agreeing with God and his word because he has said it. So may we boldly say it in Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. Let's turn there. Our words, what we speak. You know, I, it, this is something that we need to hear at least twice a year about our confession. When you see something horrible coming at you or you know something horrible is about to take place, sure, you start to get upset. And it can, it can get to you for a time. But rise up and know that God is greater. And he has a plan. Praise God. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. Let your character or moral disposition... Be free from love, and love of money, including greed, our vice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions. And be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not. I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsaken, nor let you down. Relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. And it says in the King James, I say verse 5. Yeah. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, so that he may boldly say, we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. So we take comfort and we encourage and confidently and boldly say, the Lord is my helper. You notice we've got to say it. The Lord is my helper. How many have said that this week? How many have said this recently? Or have you kind of forgotten to say it? The Lord is my helper. You just took a test. The Lord was your helper. I know when I take a driving test, you know that written thing? I don't study the book. I pray. That's probably bad. I know it says, you know, I study it a little, but I have to pray. The Lord is my helper. Thank God. 
and I will not fear what man shall do to me. You know, church, we have Christians all over the world that are being martyred for Christ right now. How do they do it? They stand and say, the Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. Remember when Jesus was, was when Stephen was stoned? He just looked up to heaven and saw the Lord. He knew Jesus was his helper and would take him through anything. We cannot become fearful. You will possess what you confess. Yes, your name and claim it. Your confession of faith precedes your possession of that which you are desiring and seeking. If you confess Jesus as Lord in Romans 10, 9 and 10, you will possess salvation. You confess him as Lord and you, you're saved. It's that simple. People make it so hard. One day you were in the enemy's camp and the next day you were in God's. In the next second. Just like that. You know, we can't even explain it. It's unexplainable how it can happen so quickly. But one minute, your spirit, the, the enemy was in it. The next minute, God was there. How powerful. You just switch places in one second. It's amazing. Confess by his stripes I am healed, Isaiah 53, 5. And possess healing. Confess the Son has made you free in John 8, 36. And possess absolute freedom. You know, people, I've counseled for, gosh, 71, 78, 88, Almost 40 years. Probably 40 years. When you think about it, they want to be free, but they, they're already free. Getting a person to realize that has never been taught, that's born again, but they've never been taught, you're free. You're free. All you have to do is accept it. Some people stay in bondage for years, in their past for years, because they, they cannot accept the forgiveness that they have. They have it, and in the, in the eyes of God, they're free, but they haven't accepted it yet. They've accepted the portion of the born-again experience, but not the, the whole package. How many have ever gotten a package and you, it's a big package and you unwrap that one and then there's another package and you unwrap that one and then there's another package and finally you get this little tiny package. Well, some people only unlock, unlock the big one or unwrap the big one. They never go deep and find out what is in the full package for them. You know, we had a song leader one time in the church I was born again in, and the Lord showed him one time, you have, you have only opened very little of what I have for you. You're going to get to heaven and see all these things that I had for you if you don't accept them now. How could he accept them if he didn't know what the Word of God said? 
This is why it's so important that we know and we understand what was given, what was paid for for us. You people are blessed. I don't know if you know that, but you're blessed. And I'm not saying it's because Pastor and I, but you're blessed because you've been taught what is yours. Now act on it. Act on it. Confess the love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. Romans 5, 5, and possess the ability to love everyone. Let's turn there because a lot of times people have trouble loving everyone. There are some unlovely people, but maybe you're one of them and you don't know it. Do you know usually the person that we have a problem with the reason why we have a problem with them is because they are like us in some of their attributes and personality traits. You ever thought about that? I'm not going to get into my own self. Please, Lord. Romans 5.5 5. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Thank you, Jesus. Such hope never disappoints or deludes or shames us, for God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Please don't ever take the hope that God has out of someone else's heart. You know, by our words... In a situation, we can literally flatten a person that is not strong in the things of God. They might be born again, but they're not strong. You know, Jesus said, if you do one thing to these little children, you may as well tie a, a millstone around you. How important are little children? God sees little kids, and I'll tell you, he doesn't like it. Yes, we have to discipline them, but we have, but there's a love that when God places a child in our hands, there's a love that only we can give them, God through us. That's why when we dedicate our children to the Lord and what we're telling God and we are promising God at that time, I promise to raise this child for you. I promise to bring this child to church, to raise them up for you, to speak the word over them, to teach them the word in the house. That is a covenant and a commitment that you are making to God because he's just loaning them to us to raise for him. What a wonderful, what a wonderful privilege that we as parents have been given a child to raise for him. Hallelujah. Confess that the righteous are as bold as a lion. Are you bold? I have a girlfriend that, she's another pastor's wife. We go out and she goes, I can't believe the boldness you have. And I said, you know what? It's the Lord. Look at, at um, Proverbs 28, 1.
And then, honey, if you will prepare for communion. What time are we getting to church on Sunday mornings? Nine o'clock. Prayer starts at what time? 9.15. So come in. There's going to be music going. Prepare yourself to pray. You know, you just don't come flying in the door and ta-da, I'm here to pray. You have to prepare yourself before God. I prepare myself in the car. But prepare yourself before God. God, if there be anything in me, get it out so I can be an effective prayer person for you. Amen? What did I say? Proverbs 28.1. The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. The Some of you are going to use this this week. I could point you out and tell you. You're going to need this. You're going to use it. Trust me. The wicked flee when no man pursues them. But the uncompromisingly righteous are bold as a lion. Glory to God. You are bold. When you pray, when you speak God's word, situations and circumstances have to change. In Jesus' name, I call this thing dealt with in the name of Jesus. Trust me, had I not known the word of God, I wouldn't have been marching up with the witches, casting demons out, had I not known what the word of God says in the Santa Cruz Mountains. I mean, that whole place was nothing but a witch's coven up in that, that area. And I went up alone. Pastor knows it. I just prayed and said, God, these people need to be set free. I'm going. I came out safe. Nobody got me. They couldn't. They couldn't come near me. Praise God. Confess that God will never leave you or forsake you. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. God will never leave you or forsake you. And this is, um, I have two more. In Psalms 107, verse 2, confess that, that you are redeemed of the Lord and possess redemption benefit every, redemption's benefits every day. Look at there, Psalms 107. Every day you possess redemption's benefits. That's exciting. Amen. That's something to get on fire for. Amen. No weapon formed against me can prosper. And I confess, what was it, 107.2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, say so, whom he has delivered from the hand of the adversary. You're to say so. You're to say it. I've been delivered from the hand of the adversary. That hand cannot come near me. I've been delivered from it. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath 
redeemed from the hand of the enemy. You've been redeemed from that hand. It has to leave, but you've got to tell it. Wait a minute, get out. I've been redeemed from you. The last one, confess the anointing of the Holy One abideth in you. 1 John 2, 27. Thank God. I don't know about you, but this is powerful to me. You ready, honey? But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and you need not that any man teach you. But the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth, and is, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him that when he shall appear, we may, be, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Praise God in the Amphite. But as for you, the anointing, the sacred appointment, the unction which you have received from him abides permanently in you so that you have no need that anyone should instruct you, but just as he anoints, teaches you concerning everything is true and no falsehoods, so you must abide in him, live in, never depart from him, being rooted in him, knit in him, just as his anointing has taught you to do. You cannot have the anointing without the word. I'm going to tell you right now. A lot of people think, well, you know what? I don't need the word anymore because I have the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost does what the word of God says. If you start to get out of the word of God, the Holy Spirit will begin to speak to you. But if you don't heed his voice, then he stops. So you have the word of God. You have the Holy Spirit. When you get in a situation or a circumstance, he's right there to see you through it. That's why we have got to know the word of God. Confess that the anointing of the Holy One abideth in you and the yoke, possessing yoke-destroying results by this anointing in Isaiah 20, 10, 27. That's the last one. I'm sorry, I didn't realize I had one more. Isaiah 10, 27, 27, the yoke destroying. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Thank you, Jesus. It's been destroyed for each one of us. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, sweetheart. Praise you, Jesus. 
glory to your name, Lord. I don't know about you, but I am so grateful. We're, we're having communion, and Jesus said he would not have communion until he, we are with him. Pardon? Oh, the offering. Okay, ushers, come forward. Thank you, Brian. Corinthians, once again, uh, chapter 11. Uh, Paul writes that for I have, beginning in verse 23, for I have received the Lord, that which I also deliver unto you, that the, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take ye, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he also took the cup. And when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, this do ye off as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Um, that is something we don't really look at that closely, but he was betrayed that night. Ah. Uh, And to be betrayed by a friend or, or, or you know, acquaintance or on the job, uh, it's pretty bad. I mean, it, it's, it's heart-wrenching. And, uh, and if we, we notice anything about the Lord, anytime there was something bad that took place, he followed up with something good. When John the Baptist died or was murdered, killed, uh, he went out and ministered the gospel. And here he's being betrayed and he's saying, I've got something better. Something, don't think about the betrayal, but look what's, what takes place because of the betrayal. So, um, she says, read it from the Amplified. Okay, verse 23. For I received from the Lord himself that which I have passed on to you. It was given to me personally that the Lord Jesus on the, on the night when he was treacherously delivered up and while his betrayal was in the progress, took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this to call me affectionately into remembrance. Similarly, he, similarly when supper was ended, he took the cup also saying, The cup. This cup is the New Testament, ratified and established in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, to call me affectionately to remembrance. Hallelujah. Okay. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are representing and signifying that you are proclaiming the fact of the Lord's death till he comes again. So this is the Lord's death, but he, he's coming in. So then whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in a way that is unworthy of him will be guilty of profaning and sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. So let a man thoroughly examine himself, and only when he is done, so should he eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats this and drinks without discriminating and recognizing with due appreciation that 
it is Christ's body, eats and drinks a sentence, a verdict of judgment upon himself. Wow, that's pretty heavy. So, uh, when you receive your, your cup and your bread, and just prior to we uh, receiving it, uh, Ask the Holy Spirit if there's something there that needs to be cleaned up. And she said, go to verse 31. For if we search, uh, if, if we searching examine ourselves, detecting our shortcomings and recognizing our own condition, we should not be judged and the penalty decreed by the, the divine judgment. So ask the Holy Spirit if there's something that needs to be cleaned up. Remind, remind you, take First John 1, 9, and then you're ready to receive the cup and the bread. Uh, we're, not, we're just going to file up and pick up your own uh, emblems this morning. Okay, you can start your music. Thank you, Heather. <laughs> 